You're a sign, brother. You're a sign. You're a sign. You're assigned to the principalities and powers. And when you and I as brothers and sisters come together in unity, God commands a blessing. If God command a blessing, blessings got to come. Because blessing don't get no choice. Because you know? <laughs> we're walking together in unity. Yeah. You know, When I went to Mountain Village, there was a covenant church preacher. I don't know what denomination that is, but I caught a lot of flack from him because I'm long-haired and tattooed, you know. But I went down. I talked to him for a while, you know. I kind of got his, okay, you can you can go speak, I guess, you know. And the funny thing about Mountain Village is divided right down the middle. This side of the village is covenant church. This side of the village is all Catholic, literally divided by religion. They got a place called No Man's down on the mercantile, the local store. They all come together regardless of what, you know, abomination or denomination they belong to. You know what I'm saying? So I had to go meet with the Catholic priest before I could speak in the gymnasium. I went to the Catholic priest. He's grilling me the same as the Baptist guy. I looked at him and said, look here, Father. You asked me a bunch of questions. Now can I ask you a question? He's all right. I said, do you believe Jesus is who he said he is? Well, yes, I do. I said, do you believe that he died on that cross and his father raised him from the dead? Well, yes, I do. I said, then, brother, that makes you and me brothers in Christ, because I believe in the same Jesus Christ. Well, the, all the other stuff that you got added on to that makes no lick of difference to me. Mm-hmm. You and I, if we believe in the same Jesus Christ that died on that Christ for my sins, the same as your sins, he, Father, raised him from the dead to give you the same hope that he gave me, man, we brothers in Christ. Yeah. And the Catholic priest said, son, if you believe like that, then you have my blessings. And he told the elder, go announce on the radio. He'll be speaking in the gymnasium tonight. He did the sign of the cross. I went right back at you, brother. You know, (laughs) the point of the story was, you know, religion has divided that village, but it's the same Jesus. If we as brothers can walk in unity and and don't be so hung up over the little things, you know, look, brother, I'm going to tell you, you got your box. Uh, if you look close enough, your box is soggy, you know, because it's got some Jesus on the outside. Maybe some got some on the outside, but not on the inside. But that don't mean that Jesus don't love them and don't want to change them and don't want to reveal himself to them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Wear that sign. Look at you with your, you know, your beautiful Indian self. You Kevin over here with his old computer self, my long-haired old tattooed self. We are, we are the odd. Uh, we, yeah. You know. People look at us and go, you three don't add up. <laughs> but we walk in the same love and unity of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as you listen, if people are listening to this, the four or five who do, you know what I'm saying? They'll begin to realize, wow, man, I want some of that blessing too. I want to encounter that same love that Eric encountered that changed his life so much. I want to encounter that same love that changed Matt's life so much. Yeah. Maybe somebody who's listening going, man, I got a dad like that. I'd love to see that relationship restored. Or maybe there's somebody listening who's going, man, you know what? I don't care what that man said. I hate that dad. I ain't never forgiven him. You know, I had a, a couple friend come to me. I had this guy I worked with at the Harley shop. I brought a girl to my house. He brought his date. He was one of these, he was not a, a Christian. All right. So he's had his thoughts of how the date was going to go. And they're sitting at my table. They came to visit for a few minutes. I don't know why they did come, why he brought her. But all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and boom, it come to me. And I looked at it and said, God's going to give you an opportunity to forgive your mother. 
And that lady stood up. I'll never forgive that woman. Boy, she went out my house, slammed the door. I could look out the window. She lit that cigarette. Boy, you never see nobody smoke a cigarette. So she's sucking that thing. <laughs> like that, you know. My buddy looked at me and he went out to her. She seemed like, how does he do that? He goes, I don't know. He just does. <laughs> and she's like, that's like somebody looking right into your soul. I ain't never forgiven that woman. He's like, well, he didn't say you had to. He just said God's going to give you a chance. You know? That boy's date got ruined right there. <laughs> you know, so maybe there's something like that in, out of this episode that, mm. that somebody will hear. And God may use that to go, hey, I want to give you the same thing that I give Eric. I want to restore the relationship the same way that I did for Matt. You know, when my old man threw me out as a kid and all them years later, I watched God restore my relationship with my father. You know, shortly after I married Wanda, I went, my folks came and took us out to a restaurant. And at the end of the deal, my mom looked at me and she goes, would you forgive us for what we did to you as a kid? And I said, you know what, mama, we can't change history. What's been done has been done. I said, but I'll tell you what, we can sure wipe that slate clean and start all over again. And from that moment, I watched God begin to restore my relationship with my parents. And I have a great relationship with them now, and I get to enjoy beautiful conversations with them. Sometimes I'll call my mom or she'll call me, and we'll talk about all kind of stuff, and she's like, well, son, boy, we sure went all around the world on that one, didn't we? <laughs> yes, ma'am, we did. You know? <laughs> you know? So maybe, we, you know, we never know what God's going to do with any of these, man. You know? But look at the blessing it's been for me. To hear that part from you. I never knew that our, your stories and mine had so, were so close with the, the way our, you know, the relationship with our fathers. And that God restored your father in a relationship with you, and he restored right. my relationship with mine. That shows you, dude, that God doesn't just, part of the blessing is that he doesn't just want to forgive you. He wants to restore in your life. He wants to restore the things that Satan has lied yeah. to us about and try to steal from us. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. Come on now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he will. The beauty of it is, is that, you know, let him who has eyes to see. You know, some of the time, the only way we're ever going to get the eyes to see or the ears to hear is if we would, you know, like Kevin said, we, we tell the story. We retell that testimony. We tell the story again and again. And if we just got to tell it to ourselves when we're on the job or we're walking around, well, you got to know you ain't never just telling it to yourself. Because right. the principalities and powers are having to hear it and see it. See? And you overcome it by the blood of the Lamb mm -hmm. and the word of your testimony. That's a combination right there, brother. Mm -hmm. The blood of the Lamb and the word of your, the blood of the blood of the Lamb and the restoration that it made in my life. Mm. Look out now. Boy, look out, hell. Because with them two right there, you can charge hell with a water pistol. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jump out there, man, with something else if you got, you know? I was thinking about um, the, I had been reading about the difference between individualistic cultures and the, the um, communal cu cultures. And you, when you're living in a, a culture that has a, a communal view of things. Anybody that they trust who says, this man is trustworthy, you're in. They're going to listen to you and what you say, they're going to accept it as truth. So that's 
a little bit easier in that situation. But here in, in America, we're extremely individualistic and you have to create this relationship with each one to the point where they are willing to say, okay, what Matt says, I can believe that. But if you were to go on TBN and talk with a blue-haired girl, you know, how many people seen that would, oh, he's just some guy they, they paid to say those things or his story just made up. It's mm -hmm. like the, the testimony without the life expression is it, it can touch someone if they're willing to to believe in it, to have faith in you. But when they have the experience of your life testimony plus your spoken testimony, then they can't ignore it anymore. They're like, they're, they're, it's bugging me, but there's something real about this, and I don't even want to see them anymore or think about it because I can't handle it. Or they're saying, you know, I need to, I need to hear more about this. Yeah. Can I, I give you another example of that? When when I went to Mountain Village, uh, there was supposed to be a team of ten of us. Watch how God works this stuff out. You know, there's supposed to be a ten of us, but only two of us made it into Mountain Village. It was a ceiling of eight hundred feet, so two of us made it on the airplane. The two of us did what ten people were supposed to do. We get there, man, and and uh, I go through the whole thing with the Baptist guy and the Catholic guy, and we and uh, we get this meeting in the in the basket in the gym, all right, and all these people show up, and amazingly, before we had got there, the two tons of uh, fresh fruit and vegetables had made it before us, and so we organized all of that, you know, with the help of some some native people in the village, got all this stuff laid out so we could give that away to the people, you know. And we get there, and uh, really, uh, I got some great recordings on the phone of John Pengayuk. And John Pengayuk would sing. It's a Yupik village, so John is Chupik, and he can speak both languages. So he would sing. He gave his testimony, which was amazing. And then he would sing in English and sing in, in Yupik. And it, it, just, uh, it was beautiful. I love that part of it. But it, it, came, it came my time to speak. And what came to me to speak that night was that Solomon had... He said, I had tens of thousands of dudes working for me, but among them I found only a few with honor. And I began to talk to the men in that village about being men of honor and men of integrity and men of courage. And then they came to me and I said, and the ladies, boy, the ladies were cheering me. They were for it, you know. <laughs> and I said, all right, ladies, don't feel like you got off. Because Solomon not only said that I had tens of thousands of dudes working for me, and I found only a few of, uh, with honor. I, man, you had to be one among 10,000. He said, but ladies, Solomon also said, I, ha I had a thousand old ladies, and among them I found none with honor. I said, you want a man to be one among 10,000? You have to be one among a thousand. You have to be something that Solomon couldn't see, couldn't find. I said, but ladies, if you're that, then pray for that man of yours. Pray for him to be that one of that few among 10,000. Prophesy over him when the Holy Spirit touched. And I preached that to those people about being men of honor and men of courage and men of integrity. Now, I've been there. It was supposed to be a three-day trip. But I've been in there nine days, man, you know. And finally, after I got done speaking, I want to praying with people till 1.30 in the morning at, 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 at that meeting. And I finally got to bed. I got up the next morning. They said, come on, man, an airplane's here to get you. I get down to the airplane. You know, you're out on those village airstrips. There ain't nothing out there, man. You know? You know? How'd that guy find that to land there? I don't <laughs> think, you know? But you get out there, you know, and I got on the plane. They load my stuff, and the pilot comes around and goes, man, we got, a, we got an elder here who's been trying to get out for 13 days to go to the doctor. Will someone give up their seat? And man, ain't nobody moving. And I looked at the guy who went with me. I said, dude, 
I said, I cannot stand in that gymnasium and preach to these people about being men of honor and men of courage and men in, of integrity and not back my words with action. Mm. I grabbed my rucksack. I stood up and said, throw my stuff out on the tundra. I got out of the airplane, helped the little old lady on. The airplane took off. Now I'm standing out there in the tundra in the dark, you know, and I'm like, I don't know if anybody's coming to get me. And I'm thinking, now, wait a minute. I'm above the Arctic Circle here. How far down do them polar bears come? You know, <laughs> you know, I don't think they come this far down. <laughs> but, you know, and had a little bit of truck came got me. And I and the driver goes, you know, why, you know, and I said, well, they, you know, they, and I told him about the little old lady, and he don't say nothing. He takes me down, and he drops, watch how God works this. He drops me at the tribal office. I walk in there, I didn't gave away the keys to the shelter I was staying in. I didn't gave away all the extra food I got, so I got no place to stay and nothing to eat. I walk into the main tribal office. I sat down at this big table, you know, and, and I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. And here's a little <laughs> older couple. They start talking to me, and all of a sudden, this guy was beautiful, silver, older guy here sits down and he starts talking to me and then he says I hear what you tell our people last night I was at that meeting he said I wanted you to pray for me but you were too busy would you pray for me now I said I'd be honored sir so I prayed with that man you know who he turned out to be he turned out to be the CEO and chief of the village after I prayed for that man People, one after the other, came in, came into that table and sat down. For two hours, I sat at that table and prayed for people as they came through that door. You know, if I'd have stayed on that plane, all them prayers wouldn't have gone out. Now they finally give me a break. They quit. And, and the only place my cell phone would work was up the hill at the public school. So I thought, well, let me go up there and, and see, you know, if somebody's coming to get me, man. You know? <laughs> so I got there. I'm standing in the, the entry and the windows are all iced up. I'm watching a little circle go round and round on the cell phone waiting for it to make. And there's a tap, tap on the window and there's another silver haired old fella. He said, come in. You know, so I'm like, all right, I get it going where it's warm, you know. So I go in there and he's like, I was at that meeting last night and hear what you say. He goes, I wanted you to pray for me, but you were too busy. Would you pray for me now? I said, I'd be honest. He goes, I'd be honest. He said, wait, let me go get my grandchildren. He goes and gets his grandchildren out of the class and brings them. I get to pray for the man and his grandchildren. He turned out to be the principal of the school. Dude, for another two and a half hours, I stood in the lobby of that public school and prayed for people one after the other after the other as they came in. Finally, they began to put together a snow, snow machine team was gathering in the lobby and they were going to go 50 miles down to Yukon and get some kids that were stranded in another village. And man, one after the other, these young men come in there and walks, one, one walks in and goes, I hear you give up your seat for one of our people. And another one comes in, I hear you give up your seat for one of our elders. One after the other come to the door saying that line, man, travels faster than the internet around here, boy. <laughs> and they get together and the head, the captain of the snow machine says, of the team, he goes, would you pray for our team before we go? I said, I'd be honored, sir. I prayed for every individual on that snow machine team. The minute, dude, I mean, I barely get the words amen out. And a girl comes running to the door of the school and says, come quick, an airplane's coming for you. And I go down, now what are the odds of that? What are the odds <laughs> of that? All right. so now, I don't just get to go from there and back to, I, I can't remember, was it Nome or Bethel? I think it was Bethel. And then back to Anchorage. No, I get a tour of remote airstrips, boy. I Some of them are even more remote than the one I just left, you know. <laughs> and I get it. We'd stop and pick people up. And finally, we get all the way back to Anchorage. I ate at nothing since I paid $20 for a 16-ounce bottle of soda and a meat and cheese sandwich on white bread. No mustard, no mate, no nothing. It's $20 in that village, boy, you know. Uh -huh. I get back. 
to a hotel 10 o'clock at night and and, and the, the the lounge the bar is open i thought man let me see if they got some food in there and the man was closing up you know and and he's like well man we got some fruit over here and and you get some fruit juice out of me i said that'll do you know and uh i'm you know i'm do-rag and tattoos and, and that man starts talking to me now and so i started i started telling them the story about wanda and the tight blue jess and then how you know and then how she became my wife and I went through all of that story and a man said to me he goes you mean to tell me that you weren't looking for God he just showed up in your life I said that's exactly what I'm telling you man he I wasn't looking he just showed up in mine that bartender walked away from me wiping tables as he was wiping the tables dude he would go now he wasn't looking for God and God showed up in his life and then I realized, now I know why I had to go to all them remote airships. Mm. So I'd be at that bar at the right time because God wanted to reach out to that bartender. Yeah. You see how God orchestrated? Okay. If you don't have the eyes to see, that's going to appear to be so natural that you'll miss the supernatural moving of God mm. in it. So the you box know? says you got to be perfect to approach God, and you got his box all soggy. <laughs> what is God? <laughs> <laughs> you know? and part of the story was that, man, if you're going to preach it, you better back it up. Yeah. yeah. You better back it with your life, like what mm -hmm. you said, you know. You better live the love and let it show out, you know. Sure. I, I haven't been back to that village in, in a few years, so I don't really know what God did in that village. I hope that that impacted those young men and those young ladies in that village, that, that hopefully it changed that village, where maybe it's not so divided by religion anymore, yeah. you know. So just one, you know, one of them beautiful stories that... It, 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 you got to have the eyes to see. But when you're an encounter in him and you're walking in obedience to him, he'll give you those eyes yeah. so you can see him moving, you know? I was speaking at another place one time uh, out in Sterling. There's one that we had some foster babies. I didn't know, you know, and I, and I don't I don't tell the prettiest of stories, you know what I'm saying? I just tell it the way it went down, you know? And... uh I did not know that this lady got offended because I used the word chick, you know. Well, then she takes the preacher out in the, and she just chewing his ear, you know, letting him know that's just disrespectful to women. He did, he, you know, because he don't even talk English right, you know. He does, she's just giving him what for. Well, Wanda just so happened to be back there changing a diaper and hearing the whole thing. Well, she comes back in the door with the preacher and Wanda carries his baby back in. And Wanda told me this later. When they walked in, I said, look, if I say something and it bothers you, don't drag the preacher out back and chew his ear off. You come talk to me face to face and we'll deal with it. I didn't. I saw the lady. She went like this in her chair. I thought, well, what in the world happened to that lady? You know, want to tell me later? You know, you have no idea what you did. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you're right. I have no idea. <laughs> can I give you one more crazy one just for the very first time that anything like this? Maybe I can give you two, but these are just the first time. I never prayed, you know, God, would you like, you know, just go on ahead and put stuff in my head about people that I never met before. If you would like to do that, feel free. Just knock yourself out. You know, I, <laughs> I never said it. I didn't know. You know, I was just like. God, you're God. I'm just, I'm just gonna follow you, man, and 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 you know, and let you be you, you know. And so I, I have to go all the way back to to uh, Pennsylvania to get one of sister to drive her back to Alaska. 
So I go into this church. I've never had anything like this happen at this point, you know. And I'm sitting in this church, and this church is so big, man, that they got the preacher up on a screen. It's almost like being at a rock concert. He looks so yeah. small up there when you weigh in the back, you know. And uh, I looked over to over here, and I see this lady. And all of a sudden, there's stuff in my head, in my empty old head came. And, and so I was like, I think God just told me something about that. So I leaned out and said, Myra. I said, I think, I think God just told me something about that lady. Myra said, well, you better go tell her. I said, no way, man. I don't even know that lady, you know. Man, I say that the lady shoots forward out her chair into the floor, and she starts flopping around and wailing like she's being electrocuted. I said, oh, no, I should have told her not, because now he's killing her, you know. That's <laughs> what I thought, you know. Well, she got about the floor back in the chair. I said, boy, I better go tell her before she does that again, you know. So I go and sit down and say, excuse me, man, but... uh." I think God told me to tell you. I tell the lady, boom, in the floor she goes again, flopping and wailing like she's, I said, oh, no, now he's killing her because I've told her. And I was like, oh, no, he's killing her, and I'm going to get the blame for it. So I ran and sat by Myra. That preacher got done. The lady got up. I said, come on, Myra, let's get out of here. You know? <laughs> so, and I, I went to Myra's house, was loading all her stuff up, and the lady showed up with a bunch of people. And she goes, that's the guy right there. I said, hey, I did. I don't know nothing, man. I don't know nothing. You know? And but they would come up to me and they would ask me questions, and I would know the answers and not know how I know them. I would just know these answers and tell them. You know, and it got so bad, like, hey, look, man, I got to get away from these people so I can get a map so I can find out how to get out of Pennsylvania back to Alaska. You know, I finally got away and was hiding in this room trying to read the map, and all of a sudden they found me again. And that same thing they would ask, and I would know the answers and not know how I knew them. You know, I get all the way back to Alaska and, 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 and I'm, I'm up in Anchorage and I'm in my backyard peeling a new teepee pole for my teepee. And there's a guy standing at the end of my teepee pole. And all of a sudden, here's the thought, the, the voice he says, I'm going to make a preacher out of him. I said, well, he sure don't talk very much there for a preacher. I said, don't you think he should be a little more talkative if you're going to make him a preacher? And then I thought, well, I wonder how that happens. Does, you know, if it's your dad or your uncle, your mom, somebody a preacher, and so you inherit the preacher gene, and then he just goes, that's what we're going to make, you know? And so I asked the guy, I said, anybody in your family ever been a preacher? He's like, oh, no, I don't think so, man. I said, hmm, okay. So I finished that TV poll. I walked in the back door of my house. As I walked through the door, this is hard to explain to you, but it literally was like walking through a, a, an invisible field of energy. When I hit through that, this energy was going through my body so much so it was like hitting six lattes you know what i'm saying and as i went over to my couch and i tried to sit down but i could not get my butt to go to the couch so i tried three times but i couldn't get it to go you know so i got up i started going round in circles round in circles round the coffee table like this and there's a fat lady sitting here there's another lady sitting here another lady sitting here and that then that, that dude that was outside sitting here i did not know that my wife had gone to high school with all these people she knew them all must be when I was at her house. So I'm going round and round. All of a sudden, I get by the first lady, and I know things that her husband said to her. Now, I didn't know this lady from a bar of soap, man. But I started telling her. And then I said, this is what God says to you. Man, that lady starts crying. crying. The fat lady shot out of the chair. Face first on the floor goes the wailing. Wah! Now I got a fat lady on the floor wailing. This lady's crying, and I can't do nothing but walk in circles. I'm going around. When I get by the middle lady, stuff came in my head. I tell her. Now she's crying. Two ladies crying. The fat lady wailing, and I'm still going around in circles. I walked around the husband. See, he's sitting in one of the middle lady. The husband's sitting here. He's the guy that was outside. He's looking at me. I said, don't look at me like I'm crazy. 
I said, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I said, I don't know anything I'm saying is true. But your mama left you when you was a baby. You don't know who your daddy is. And you thought God never heard, never heard a tear. He heard every tear you ever cried. He starts crying. Everybody's crying. The fat lady's wailing. I'm going in circles. And all of a sudden, Wanda's sister in the kitchen starts going like a motorboat. You know, just speaking in tongues, you know. And the doorbell rings. Now, you think if that's happening in your house, wouldn't you, like, go out the door to talk to the person? Oh, no. Wanda opens the door and invites him in. <laughs> it is a guy that white supremacist from down the street from, from Georgia. And Wanda's talking to him and starting to explain Jesus to him, you know. And she, can't she, he goes, oh, you, might, she might, you might not understand. He goes, oh, no, ma'am. He had a southern accent. He said, oh, no, ma'am. He said, uh, for me and my buddies down south, we'd go out and raise hell. His mama would pray over and do this same stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Wanda said, well, I, I bet that lady has your name wrote down on a piece of paper somewhere. She'll pray for you. She said, oh, no, ma'am. Three by five card. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know whatever happened to that guy happened. <laughs> the next night, the fat lady comes back with another couple that I never met before. Now I'm like, oh no, these people think I'm some kind of prophet or something. They think I know what I'm doing. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I said, I ain't having, God, I ain't having a bunch of dingbats coming in here thinking I know what I'm doing. I said, if you, even if you tell me something, I'm not telling these people nothing. The boy, I went in the kitchen to try and stay away from him because I found out when I went by the other ones, he'd say stuff to me. Yeah. So I thought if I stay away from him, he won't say nothing to me about him. So I was in the kitchen there and the other room was sitting in there and all of a sudden the lady who I'd never met before, why they're at my house? You know, I didn't know. And, and she's talking. And all of a sudden, I hear him say, you tell that woman, get ready for change. I said, I ain't telling that woman nothing. I said, even if that woman would say these three words, I don't remember what the word. I said, if you say these three words, I ain't telling her. The lady said the three words. I said, all right. I said, I'm telling her that one thing, but I ain't saying nothing else. I turned around, and my finger came out, and I said, lady, get ready for change. And when I did, a whole bunch more came out for her. Now she's sitting at my table crying. I'm like, oh, no. Now these dingbats are going to come around here and think I know what I'm doing, boy. I th I'm go down the street. I'm going to help this guy work on his motorcycle. Because if I'm down there working on that motorcycle, then he can't talk to me about these people. So I went down there. I must have been down there about an hour. I thought I gave him plenty of time to get out of there. I came back. They were still sitting there. I said, oh, no. I said, I'm going to the living room. I'm going to stay away from them. You know, <laughs> and, I, and they all got him, came in the living room. So now I'm sitting there, and the man starts talking. And, 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 and God, he tells this dream, and God said, you tell him this, what does dream mean? I said, I ain't telling that man nothing. I said, even if that man said these three words right here, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> the man said the three words. I said, okay, I'll tell him that one thing. I stood up, and I gave him the finger. My finger came out. I pointed like this, you know? <laughs> Not the finger, but the, the finger, you know? <laughs> I pointed out and said, young man, this is what your dream mean and what God says to you. Nathaniel was just like two, three years old. He's underneath me with his little bitty finger going like this, you know? <laughs> and... And the only thing I can really remember saying to the guy was, I can remember going, God's been trying to talk to you for a long time, but you just wouldn't listen. He's glad to finally have a relationship with you. That guy's crying. His wife's crying. I'm like, oh, no. You know, the next night the guy comes back and he goes, man, I want you to know that I went to church for the first time in a long time tonight. And when that church got all done, a little old lady came all the way across that church and pointed her finger at me. And well, you know, God's been trying to talk to you for a long time, but you just wouldn't listen. He's glad to finally have a relationship with you. That guy has become a good friend of mine for over 20 years now. You know, what I did not know was him and his wife were having an argument. 
And he was running from God. And she said, I think God will still talk to you if you live. He said, God don't talk to people like that no more. He don't do that stuff. You know, that was in the, that's one of the stories in the Bible. That's just, you know, and, and a fat lady happened to be there. And she goes, well, actually, um, I was at this tattooed long guy, haired guy's last house right there. And, uh, and I actually, I think he does, you know. And so she bring him there without even, you know. <laughs> You know, and that don't that don't happen to me all the time. You know, it just happened at that time. You know, right. there, there'd be occasions. Oh, you know, I I would drive into the latte booth, and a latte girl came to the window, and all of a sudden, there's a bunch of stuff for her. You know, and I don't even know if she a believer or not. You know, I drive a school bus one day for the tribe. You know, drive. I didn't just ride a short bus. I drove it, boy. You know, <laughs> I driving a short bus. Had a bus helper back there, and I'm looking in the mirror. She's a Catholic lady. You know. And all of a sudden, I guess she's thinking about leaving her husband. You tell her, don't do it. Tell her, I'll put the two of them together and have a plan for their life. I argued. I said, God, uh, she's a Catholic. I don't think they believe you do that stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he said, you tell her. I looked in the mirror at the Catholic. I said, hey, uh, you think about leaving your husband? And the tears came up in her eyes. And she's like, how did you know that? She goes, I ain't even told my sister. I said, because God just told me that you was. He also told me to tell you don't do it. He put the two of you together and has a plan for your life. That woman is still married today. Their children are grown. She has grandchildren. That that family stayed together right there out of that one moment with God. You know, so he don't care whether you're Catholic or Baptist or charismatic, crazymatic, automatic. It, he's like, look, I'm a talk. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Just some more, to, you know, the craziness and the fun of it. You know, that's what I said at the beginning. You know, I, I don't want the craziness of Matt to come out. I want the craziness of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, look at the things that are supernatural, I'm going to seem crazy to you. Ain't going to make no sense to your natural mind. Well, if they ain't making no sense to your natural mind, that means they seem crazy, you know, to your natural mind. Mm. But if you're looking at it with your natural mind, you ain't got the eyes to see or the ears to hear. See? Like the preacher talking on the radio here, when you when you're living in a spirit filled, spirit led life, now you got spiritual eyes. Yeah. I love that for you because as a Native American, you know you, your culture is big on having those spiritual eyes Absolutely. and spiritual ears. And you we know? actually believe in that too. On which one is going to gain the strength is the one you're going to feed. If you feed that flesh, you're going to have flesh. everything will be strength will be in your flesh. You feed your spiritual life, and your spiritual life will be restricted. You ever, you ever know Chud and Pete, uh, Helen's father? Mm. So Wanda just told me a story about his grand, great grandson talked to his grandfather. And I guess he he did practice a lot of shamanism when he mm -hmm. was younger, uh, but in his old age he gave up the shamanism. Mm -hmm. And uh, his grandson asked him, Grandpa, how come you give up the shamanism? He said, Because I found there was a power greater than mine. Mm -hmm. That's that's why it's so important when David says, I, I will not sit in the seat of mockers. And that's why sometimes people have to actually be exposed, you know, by telling your stories that or things or, or offended in some way. Or Smith Wigglesworth would even lift up the pew and dump the witches out in the <laughs> and kick them out. Because he, he would be yelling and, and praying in tongues and nothing was happening. And he dumped them out of the pew and they ran out and... Then the spirit came because it's such a, um, it, it, 
it pulls you completely out of the spiritual and closes those doors and and is you know a mockery of the things of god and it's not you know it's not just something uh it's not just like god has to get them out to be able to move it's also a sin against the holy spirit which he's also protecting them from by freeing the place of their presence so that that is such you know that guarding yourself from that mockery of the things of god is is such an important part because the things are strange and we can't understand them and some people in there might be imitating or faking or just following along but if god is moving and really doing something what he's wanting is to engage us that we try to understand you know how does how does god work what is, you know people are breaking out and laughing in the service what is he trying to do what is he trying to communicate what is coming out from this has he given a word to one of these people there and they're not standing up and what they they say in portuguese the the science of it and it's interesting because God God says that the understanding or the, the knowledge will give them life. Well, it's definitely not knowledge of this world that brings life because there's you can very get, easily get desiccated and, and dried up by just sponging up knowledge. But the knowledge of God and the way that he works, it's like, okay, these crazy things happen, but you know, there was a point to it. Sometimes we get to see it. Sometimes our story has, and this was the, the, the result of it. And sometimes we only have a tiny piece of it. I went there and, and said this, and then he brought me over there, and I have no idea what happened in that place. But to to have that desire, that hunger for knowledge, rather than the mockery of that, that puts out fire out in yourself and contaminates everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Maybe in that case, like you know, I don't know when I, that one time I spoke to them, three people left. I don't, I don't know what was going on in the world or why God, you know, you know. That one video that we have is, you know, the butt old preacher, <laughs> and them ladies got up and walked out, and the preacher yeah. said, "Well, it looked like we just had a movement, you know." So <laughs> there was some for some. Maybe God just no look. No matter what, you know, yeah, yeah. Pharisees, Sadducees, refused to seize and couldn't seize. And maybe some of them folk just refused to know. Jesus said, look, no matter what I do, you'll refuse to see. So I ain't finna show you nothing. See what I'm saying? So maybe that's why Wigglesworth had to dump the witches out, because no matter what, they would refuse to see. You know, even like Jesus, when he went into what was Capernaum or his own village, he said he could do, you know, very little because of the people's unbelief. Yeah. Now, this is Jesus. <laughs> you think he could have done whatever he wanted, but the unbelief was was like stopping up you know the flow of the the uh, the freedom of the spirit you know putting put up you know a kink in the water hose and sometimes he's got to get the kink out of the water hose sometimes he's got to stir the waters you know so but that's that right there like you know we don't know because we're human beings man we just you know we're we're learning as we go to walk with him you know yeah. I said, I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing when that stuff was happening to me. I still don't. I don't. I got none of that figured out. You know, you know. If I try to think about it in my natural mind, it don't make no sense to me neither. You know. 
It sure enough messed with that Episcopalian priest theology, you know. <laughs> 30 years of it. <laughs> he had to get undone, you know. Every time he goes to pick up the mail, he remembers you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I ain't got no... Woman, what'd you do with my glove? <laughs> Never you mind, let's get the mail.